dude, the U.S., there, it's like a bunch of its own little countries just based on, you know, ways of life and just accents and all of these different things. And it's been so rewarding to see the different ways that people live and to kind of build up a more compassionate and empathetic way. And that has been just a huge lesson for us. You're listening to Mom After Hours, a podcast where we talk about the wins and challenges of being a modern mom. For real, we don't sugarcoat and we cover everything that is taboo. And don't you worry, Mama. We'll save a seat for you. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Mom After Hours. This is your host, Brandy Wyattrack. Thank you for joining me today. When you experience a loved one's loss, it can literally turn your life upside down and inside out. It can also serve as a blatant reminder of how short life can truly be and the importance of embracing each day as if it's your last. Today's guest, Michelle Knight, was a harrowing overachiever and a perfectionist for most of her life. But after losing several of her loved ones to cancer, including her younger brother, she woke up and said no more. So she kicked her corporate job to the curb. She said goodbye to the white picket fences and she jumped in an RV full time to live life on the road with her husband and baby boy. In this episode, Michelle talks about what to consider if you want to live in an RV full time with your family and the pros and cons of nomadic life. She also teaches us how we must reframe our perspective of time if we want to ever succeed in life and business. I'm so excited for you to hear her story and her tips. So let's dig in, mamas. I've experienced a lot of loss in my life. And the first loss that I experienced that was just life-changing was the loss of my brother to childhood cancer. And I we lost him in 2009. And that's when so much of my life started to shift. And I started to really think about like, you know, what do I want to leave behind? What is my legacy? You know, you really start to really think about your own mortality. Um, and And that's when I started to think about the concept of having uh, my own family. And uh, shortly after that, my husband and I started dating and my husband was actually my brother's best friend. Oh, no so, way. Yeah, so I've That's known him cool. since we've known him since preschool and, um, and we've grown up together, but we're never like never dated or anything. And so after my brother passed away, we started dating and, and then, you know, moved in together and we're like, we're getting married. And, and it just like naturally was like, of course, this is it. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I think when we started dating and I really saw that like, this is my person and I can imagine, you know, having a life with them because all the other guys I dated were shitty before that. So <laughs> yeah, it takes that one good <laughs> apple and then you realize, hmm, maybe I can oh, yeah. settle down and have a child. Yeah, that's the good ones will do that to you. Yeah, totally. So, you know, we did all the things. We bought the house, we got the jobs and all of that. And it just felt really natural and for us. And so it was never really like a big conversation we had. We just like knew we were ready. That is so cool. And how old is your child? He's four, but four he'll be old. five in just like a month. So uh, what, how old was he when you made that decision to kind of ditch suburbia and jump on the open road 
Yeah, he was, well, he was about three at the time. So, you know, there were like, it was a couple months of like actually making the change happen. And so he had just turned three when we actually started our travels. Wow. I have so many questions with regards to traveling with a (laughs) three-year-old. My daughter is going to be three soon, actually next weekend. And we're still working on potty training. And I'm like, shit, having to do like potty training, do all that stuff and parent in such a small space. How do you do it? How do you do it? Actually, we potty trained our son in the RV. So we actually, we're like debating, do we do it before? But then we were kind of like, oh, there's too much change going on. And it was actually quite easy because the toilets are smaller. So there's that benefit. (laughs) There was that benefit. Yeah. So that was like actually quite easy because even when we had long travel days, we could just like pull over and go to the toilet. So that's like the easiest part, I think, of traveling, at least with an an RV. And then, you know, just coinciding and kind of parenting and living in that small space it seems very challenging at first. And, you know, we have a 36 foot travel trailer, so it's no small little baby. You know, she's, she's a big size and my son has his own space and everything, but we also have like miles and miles of outdoors. And that I think is the biggest thing that I didn't realize when we started traveling was just like our living space was also was actually getting bigger because we were very rarely in cold climates. So we were mostly outside all of the time. And then we'd come in to like eat and sleep at nighttime. That is so cool, man. You're living the dream, girlfriend. <laughs> so how did you end up making that decision to sell your house, ditch your jobs and do something completely different, something you've never done before? Was it something that you guys had talked about early on in your relationship or was there a trigger that was like, you know what? Fuck this shit. Let's start living life. Let's get out of here, get out of suburbia. Yeah, I think it's a combination of both of those things. So my husband and I have always traveled. It's been such a staple of our relationship. You know, we kicked off our marriage with a two-week trip to Italy. We didn't ask for any presents. We just wanted people to pay for our honeymoon. And so traveling has always been a top priority for us. So I think we always knew that we would want to do this one day, but we always thought it was very, very far in the future. And then in 2018, we unexpectedly lost my grandmother and then my mother-in-law to cancer. And that was really just kind of the the push for us where we were like, all right, fuck, like none of this shit is guaranteed. I'm tired of like waiting and saying we're doing it one day. We need to do it right now. And over the course of three months from like having that initial conversation, we bought an RV, started to rehab it found out that thing was leaking everywhere. So we traded it in for a brand new RV. (laughs) We packed up our house. We sold our house. We got rid of all of our stuff and we retired my husband from his job, like in a three month span. Wow. So we were motivated. (laughs) Hell yeah, you were. (laughs) Wow. Well, I'm sorry to hear about the loss of your grandmother and they, they've clearly passed a message on to you to continue living and live each day to the fullest. And it seems that that's exactly what you guys are doing today. Absolutely. I mean, like, like I said before, like this isn't, this wasn't our first loss. You know, my husband lost his best friend and I lost my brother, you know, 11 years ago, but these moments of grief for us specifically have always been deciding moments, right? Do I just keep doing what I'm doing? Is that making me happy? You really look at the life that you're living and like, how can I make this better? Because it just reminds you that like nothing is guaranteed, right? You can always say that I'll do that win, but what if 
what if when doesn't happen, right? And nobody really talks about that because we don't want to think about that. But when you do, you tend to like really live your life um, fully when you're really thinking that like nothing is guaranteed. So what is your typical day? What does a typical day look like for you? Like, is I don't it- know if I can answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there is no typical day when you're on the road. I mean, I feel like things are pretty predictable in suburbia for the most part. But when you're on the road, like, so say right now, I know you're in Missouri now and you're at home for the holidays, but mm-hmm. on a typical day where you're out on the road, kind of give me a run through of like, okay, so I'm waking up about this time and then we've got to do this or like, whether it's regarding like maintenance things on the RV mm. or Like what's that? What is like a day in the life on the road? Yeah, totally. So I would say a non-travel day, right? Because travel days are just like, (laughs) you're in the truck. (laughs) That's pretty much it. So a non-travel day, and we try to stay in a location for at least a week. We'd shoot for two weeks if we can, um, because that just really helps with routine and things with having a kid. And I thrive in routine as well. So I typically wake up and just like have, I'm a big advocate for slow mornings, which is something that we've really been able to embrace uh, with the travel lifestyle is like welcoming more stillness into our world. So I typically get up and just like work out and, you know, wash my face and do all of those things. My son is up with me and we're making breakfast and just kind of chilling. And then um, we always have to walk our dog first thing in the morning. So I typically do that because it's a nice way to get like outside and and get my energy going. And then if I usually dive into work at around 10 o'clock, so I love to start work at like 10 a.m. because I'm not a morning person and uh, I will dive into work. So I have my own office in the RV. It's actually like the back part of the RV. So I have a desk and everything, but I work outside like 90% of the time. I told my husband, I was like, we don't really need this desk. (laughs) I'm just always outside. So I dive into work. And during that time, my husband and my son will jump into like activities or homeschooling. I mean, he's still young. So we do like activity books and writing letters and just things like that. So they do that work together. And then we typically all eat lunch together. And then depending on my workload, I might keep working. Um, but we usually try when we're at a location to like go for hikes. We love hiking and, you know, if we're by the beach, we love to take a afternoon trip to the beach. So we like to do those in the afternoon ish and then, you know, come back have dinner, usually make a campfire. That's kind of our thing. And, and watch a movie. (laughs) We're like super late. (laughs) No, that is so cool. And to me, the, part of the adventure is being in those different destinations, you know, every two weeks or so. So having, you're still having a routine, but then you also have a little bit of spontaneity mixed in. And to me, that's like a perfect combination where you still kind of have an idea of, okay, this is what this week is going to look like, or possibly, you know, two weeks if you're staying there for two weeks, but it's nice that you kind of have different scenery you know, as you're working and especially when you're stuck on your computer, I think everybody can relate nowadays where, you know, you're just cooped up at home and you're like, man, if I'm going to be at my computer all day, I'm like, shit, why don't I book a house in Mexico on the beach or somewhere? (laughs) I got like a different view. I don't have to look at the damn screen in my freaking kitchen, you know, forever. So that is, that is so, so cool. That is so cool. Yeah. And we love to plan. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say we love to plan too, because like you mentioned, like there'll be times when, like for instance, when we went to Asheville, we loved Asheville, North Carolina, or really like the East coast overall. And we were like, we want to go into Boston and we want to go and do all of these things. So 
I have the flexibility of like modifying my work schedule to allow for us to like maybe go explore for like four days and then work for like three days and stuff like that. So we definitely try. We're not huge tourist people. Like every time we're like telling people where we're going, they're like, oh, go to this place. And we're like, yeah, we're probably not going to do that. I'm so sorry. (laughs) We don't really like crowds, but especially when it comes to going out to dinner that's a big one for us. Um, and then we go to national parks a lot. So sometimes we'll, you know, especially this year, the whole month of August, we hopped around a bunch of national parks and we stayed in most of the national parks on public land. So we got to just like go into the national park, do a hike and then come back and like finish our day. And that's really convenient when you don't have that like drive time. Yeah. Wow. This is, that is so cool. Sorry. I'm like (laughs) off in la la land, like dreaming right now. (laughs) So obviously it has a lot of great things going for it. You know, having the different scenery each day, just seeing the United States, learning about history, being able to have the slow mornings and just kind of live that, I'd say European lifestyle where you you Mm -hmm. think about living life. I'm sure it's also quite an adventure. So I'm really curious to know what are some of the crazy things that you've experienced during life on the road? Everything breaks. (laughs) (laughs) You just have to be ready for things to break. Um, So that's a big one. I mean, we had uh, our, well, we've had to replace our tires on the way to Florida. We were driving in Florida over the course of like four days from Utah to meet my husband's family last year. And uh, our tires were like about to explode (laughs) on our truck. And we safely got to a place in the middle of New Mexico. And they were like, we have to get you new tires, but we can't get them until tomorrow in Albuquerque. And we, that's like 45 minutes away. So we slept in their parking lot in our trailer. They let us stay the night there. And then they went and got us new tires and put new tires on the truck and we were on our way. So like things break all the time. We had a leaf spring break when we were boondocking in the North Cascades in Washington. And we stayed at a campground that required some like off-road driving and we broke our leaf spring. So we had to get mm-hmm. that fixed. So there's like those unexpected things, the wear, normal wear and tear. And when you live in an RV full time, you just expect those things to happen like way faster. We also like the weather is so unpredictable. We've driven through like possible tornadoes in Texas and just been like, holy crap. And like our, it's terrifying. And, um, when we went to New Mexico, it was our first like stay when we first started in New Mexico, it snowed for like three days. So our pipes froze and we went through all of our propane. So like looking back, it's like, that's hilarious and such a great story. But in the moment you're like, what did I sign up for? So having a plan and like knowing those things ahead of time is, is important, but yeah, things break all the time and schedules change. So this year has definitely been, you know, we, last year we planned the whole route and we had some hiccups along the way and uh, had to make changes. But this year we've changed everything to the point where we really just planned two weeks at a time, which is freeing and terrifying at the same time. So we ended up, uh, staying in California, you know, when, um, COVID was like first starting on the, the East, uh, the West coast in the North, we ended up staying longer in California. Cause we were going to go head up there. We ended up heading home in the middle of the year when a bunch of campgrounds were closing, you know, we had to kind of 
reroute ourselves because of the fires. There's a lot of flexibility that's required and you get better as you go, but you have to go into it knowing that like nothing is set in stone when you travel because so many things are based on the elements and where you're going and all those different pieces. That is so true. When you were out there or any other places on the road, did you meet any interesting people? Yeah. I mean, I think there, I think every opportunity is like, oh, okay. You know, like people will, like gas stations are the best place where people want to ask you a million questions about everything. And people love to talk to you when you're emptying your poop tank. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let's like, talk about shit. <laughs> I don't really want to talk to you right now. It's like my shit is going through this tube into the ground, but like, what's up neighbor, you know? So it's kind of like, yeah. okay. But we have met quite a few people and that's been the cool part is like making these connections. A lot of them are like other families. So like pre COVID times, you know, we would go to campgrounds and, um, you know, we'd be parked right next to another family that had a bunch of kids. And so we'd all, they play together and we would do, you know, campfires together. And it's so nice to meet people who are living the lifestyle. We seem strange to everybody else, but then you see your people and you're like, Oh, you get it. Okay. Let's hang out tonight. Like, let's talk about our adventure. But yeah, I just think just the traveling overall really opens your eyes to um to different ways of living and it's been crazy because my husband and I are huge fans of Europe. <laughs> we love Europe and you know you hop around to the different countries and you're expecting that but dude the US there it's like a bunch of its own little countries just based on you know ways of life and just accents and all of these different things and it's been so rewarding to see the different ways that people live and to kind of build up a more compassionate and empathetic way. And that has been just a huge like lesson for us since traveling. That's a good point because I feel like with with my family and would always give me shit when I would like book trips to Europe or or even when I decided to live in Spain for a while. And they're like, you've got so much in your backyard. And why don't you go explore the United States? And I'm like, oh, I'll do that when I'm old. I'll go travel in an RV when I'm old. And it's so funny because we kind of mentioned this earlier before we recorded. I'm like, oh, I'll just do it when I'm old. I'll do the RV thing around the United States. And yes, I know there's a lot of history and cool things in the US, but I always put Europe on a pedestal. Oh, and yeah, me too. Now during this time of COVID where you, we can't travel to Europe or outside the United States, I have really opened my eyes and like, I'm like, okay, I need to do some more road trips and, you know, learn more about what's going on around me and go to the national parks here and stop giving all my money to the Europeans. <laughs> I mean, I love Europe. You, you, there's, you can't get that old world feel. Like you can't get that here. We're not old enough. You know what I mean? Like you just, it's not the same unless you're in Boston. I think Boston yes. is like the closest yeah, that Salem. I've come to yeah. like feeling like, yeah, in Salem, but here and it, it's, the unexpected I think about the US is just the how quickly geography changes, you know, how you can be like the middle of the desert and then suddenly you're in the freaking forest and then you're, you know, in at a, gla a glacier, you know, it's just yeah. absolutely crazy. It's just a couple hours. And so the national parks, we're like huge advocates. We're like annual park pass holders. I buy a t-shirt every time I'm there. I'm just like, I love you so much because it's amazing what we don't know that our, you know, our own country has. But 
does it compare to Europe? I don't know. I think Europe will always have my heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm trying. I, I think it'll always have mine too, but I'm trying to be open-minded because I feel like I'm being forced to because I'm like, my love, yeah. I can't visit my love. And now I'm like, you know, I'm trying to tra- transition my frame of mind from I'm stuck to, okay, I'm, I'm not stuck here in the US. There's a lot of cool things to do. I just need to get out and do them. Yeah. And I think the way Europeans live is like so in alignment with just like how I live now as a nomad, you know, just like, you know, eating dinner really late and taking a siesta in the middle of the day and, you know, just like really enjoying the slow life and the stillness. And I know that's not Europe as a whole, right? We're kind of categorizing, but what I've experienced specifically and and you still don't fully get that in the US. It's very like go, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. And and that I think we're like advocating. We're like, please let us in Europe. I know. <laughs> please let us come please back. Let us in. You're my peoples. <laughs> so it's kind of taught you to like live slowly or live a slower life. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a really good thing. I think that a lot of us need to adapt that mindset more because we're all we are all so freaking busy and nonstop and we think that it's a good thing when we brag about oh my gosh I'm just so busy and they glorify it and it's like bitch it's not good to be hella busy like spend time with your family you need to relax because when you are go 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 that's when bad things happen to you that's when your mental health suffers and you're not a nice person because you are stretched way too thin yeah one of the things that I am a big like advocate for is is choosing where you're spending your time. And again, I think this just goes back to kind of like my driver overall, which is that time is something that you don't get back. You know, your time is super limited. And so how you're spending your time throughout the day is your decision. You know, yeah, you might have a work meeting and you might have these different things, but do you need to have like a million parties planned? Like, throughout the week. And I know so much of that has changed with COVID. And my husband and I had this whole conversation because we noticed all of our friends and family were suddenly like, oh my God, I'm being forced to slow down. And we're like, yeah, come to our level. It's cool down here. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> come, let's that. chill. Like, yeah. let's, come, let's, you know, and so my level. Yeah. come down here. <laughs> like there's been, there's obviously been a lot of grieving and tragedy and incredible hardship with everything that has happened this year because the pandemic. But I also think that the reality is it's caused a lot of people to slow down and really evaluate where their time was going and the priorities and things. And that that piece has been beautiful. And I feel the same. I know a lot of friends feel the same where they're really evaluating their life and just how they want to spend it. Especially it's like you, you really realize what's truly important when you're mm-hmm. in quarantine with your family and you can't connect with anybody else. And and you see people dying around you. It makes you realize mm. like, yeah, I, I want more for my life. And I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow, but I want to enjoy every moment of the time that I am here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we met so many people on the road when we started traveling back up again in August. And uh, they were like, we just started. Like we literally just went and bought an RV because we can now and like we're remote and we're like, why the hell not? It's just like RV sales, all that stuff has just like skyrocketed because people are like, wait, I can do this now, you know? And, and they're mm-hmm. like, let's go for it. Let's do it. There's definitely some pros to mm-hmm. living in an RV full time, but I know that there's definitely minuses too. And you alluded to one of them earlier about things breaking, which means it's important <laughs> to have a budget for when yeah. things break. What are, I would say that maybe the top three pluses and the top three minuses of living in an mm. RV full time? 
Yeah. So I think plus number one is experiences. I mean, you experience things that you just wouldn't experience living in a house and having the same routine over and over, you know? Um, and, and that above all is, is number one. Number two, I think is just (laughs) for me personally, it's like, I get to be outside. I get to be in the outdoors. I don't have, I can kind of change my location based on what I'm like craving. If I need mountains, I can go to the mountains. If we want beach and water, we can go to the beach. And so location is a huge piece. And then I think the third one is just the stillness, you know, you're, it's up to you. No one is expecting you to really be anywhere at any time and you get to kind of design your path. And that is amazing. So I think those are the top three pluses for sure. Okay. Minuses. Number one. (laughs) All right. You have to be super diligent with your routine when we first started, it felt like a vacation and everyone was also kind of like, they're like, Oh my gosh, your life is going to be a vacation now. And I was, we were like, yeah, it is. But turns out like you can't be on vacation forever. (laughs) You know, like you have to make money. And I work from the road, which is amazing, but my husband had worked uh, in retail. And so he was like, let's go do this today. Let's go do that. And I was like, okay. And then finally I was like, wait, I actually need to work. Like I need to have (laughs) days to work. This is not working. (laughs) We are going to have no money. So, um, so definitely you have to have some sort of routine. So much of traveling is just, is that freedom. But I also think we need to be grounded. And I just think grounding ourselves in routines, whatever that looks like, um, is really, really important, especially if you have kids, because it's important that they still have a routine and kind of feel grounded in their process and not like up in the air and, you know, yeah, like, you know, they, it, I just think it's important for kids to feel grounded. That doesn't mean that they have to like do the same thing every single day, but they need to have those staples and those habits in their life. So, yeah. so the minus would be that one. you have yeah. to work. You can't yeah, be on the, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the, that you have to figure out a routine that works you for everybody. Figure, yes. You know, like, it's not like, what do I just need? It's kind of like as a family, when you're all together and in the same place and, you know, navigating each other's schedules and stuff, it's honoring what everybody needs and kind of making those like sacrifices for each other so that the whole family is thriving. Because if one person is unhappy in an RV, everybody is unhappy in an RV. It's that whole energy thing. You know what I mean? Like, you're just like, you're not, you can't disappear for like eight hours and then come back (laughs) and be like, I'm better now. You cannot be in this four quarter or this four foot of space. Space because I am sitting here and I'm stewing and you don't look my way. Yeah, that is yeah. hard. I do that. Yeah, so I think that's one. Yeah, and then I think the second one is I think we kind of alluded to it with the breaking of things, but RVing can be expensive. Traveling overall can be very expensive, and there are tons of ways to save money. So you need to know going into it like your cap and like you know how much you can spend on those things every single month, and then make plans accordingly. So when we first started, we were like, we'll just stay at a bunch of RV parks, and that shit gets expensive and they're convenient because you have hookups and all that, but they're also limiting in that you're like on top of each other and you know, you're not like in the middle of the outdoors and things. Um, so we quickly learned that we needed to invest a little bit of money and like getting our rig, uh, available to be off the grid. So investing in like a solar panel and, um, you know, really understanding how our tanks work and anyone who does an RV is probably like, what the hell is she talking about? But, you know, making it so that we could like plug in our electronics without being on shore power, you know, outdoor shower, all those different things yeah. so that we could boondock. And that's what we really wanted traveling anyways. So we had to kind of like make those 
investments up front to then, you know, reap the benefits later on. So knowing your budget is very, very important. And it's not, you know, it's not necessarily a limit because it's not like, oh, I can only do these things. You can modify it and make it awesome. But to know that like, oh, maybe I can go to a really nice RV park once a month and every other time I need to be part of a membership network or something like that. So that's a big one that I don't think we did a great job of planning for in the first year because we but were that's like, a good this point, is more though. expensive than our house. <laughs> yeah, I, you're right. Because camp, I mean, camping nowadays is a lot more expensive than it used to be. How are you making sure that you have your Wi-Fi connection? Because I know that <laughs> driving through Montana and Wyoming, some of those upper states, like I had zero reception on anything. So do you have to have like a hot box or how do you make sure that you've got your lifeline to the world? That's my third one. <laughs> for oh, okay, sure. Okay. It's like <laughs> Wi-Fi fu- no, you're fine. Wi-Fi fucking sucks. <laughs> like the internet is a stressor. My husband and I are like, this is what's gonna this is what's gonna put me over the edge, you know? So when I first started, I was just like, I can just do my job as it is from the road. And then we quickly realized that like even if a place says they have internet, it's not good enough for streaming or like recording videos or having coaching calls. So we had to I had to modify my business quite a bit to know like, uh, you know, to kind of bulk my days of like client calls together. So if I needed to go, you know, if we're in the middle of nowhere for any, for example, we were in, uh, I think it was Washington. Now I'm like, where were we? I think we were in Washington and there was no cell phone service because we were in the middle of a forest. So I did all of my calls on one day and we went to this park where we could just use our hotspots on our phone and we knew we'd get excellent service. And I just sat at the park all day. So we have like four hotspots that we rotate between and then anywhere we are where there's like really good Wi-Fi or we can even pay for Wi-Fi for a week, we do that. But that is definitely the hardest part. And I know we've met a lot of people who work remotely. So they like still have to, you know, they don't have their own business. So they still have to be available from this time to this time. And they still have to, you know, show up for meetings. And they're like, we have to stay at... RV parks, right? Because, or we have to stay close to cities because I need that service. So knowing that is really, really important. That's something that I, I think a lot of us, yeah, we don't think about because you just think, no. oh, everybody, well, there's Wi-Fi everywhere. You just drop, there's drop, not jump in your car, <laughs> jump in your RV, and you can just work from the road. If you can't access the internet to do your job, then yeah, that's scary. That would probably, yeah. that alone would probably be like a major stressor for me. So I guess I, but like you said, you have a solution. So you just group the calls together and you know, like if you're going to be at this certain campground or RV spot or whatever for a week and you're like, okay, so they're going to have the Wi-Fi. And then if it's shitty, I guess, hopefully you can go to McDonald's or Starbucks or totally know, yeah. somewhere. Somewhere. You can just like sit outside of Starbucks right now and just tap into their Wi-Fi. So there are solutions. You just have to be really creative with it. And yeah, if you're if you're an entrepreneur or you have the control over your schedule, then it's all about bulking those days together. So, you know, that's that's what I did in August. We were like heavy in the national parks in August and I did three, I had three days available for calls and that was it. And then, you know, I would have cell phone service. So I would check email and things like that, but no one was like needing me to like have internet at any of those times. And so that was really nice. So if you could turn back time, (laughs) what is one thing that you wished you would have done differently before embarking on this journey? You know, I, I I think it comes down to the routine and the habits. Like that was a major change for us. Not only had my son and I been working together and had our routine at our house for like two years, 
um, my husband was at his job. So we were now all moving together. My husband was no longer going to a job. So he's like, what am I supposed to do with my time? My son was like, mom and dad are both home, you know, and like, <laughs> play with and, me. Play and then we, me. yeah, play with me. Like what's going on? So it really just, it flipped everything over on its head and we had to kind of like relearn how to live. And no one had really communicated that to us heading into it. I hadn't seen it on a YouTube video. I didn't read it on a blog about RVing. And that's something that I really wish I would have known because we spent months really like, is there something wrong with us? Like, are we doing this wrong? Just to realize that all it took was a little bit of grounding and like routines for each of us to, to kind of thrive. So if I were to go back, I would definitely do that way sooner and wish that I would have known that from the beginning so that we could kind of know that going into it and then could have like found our rhythm quicker because it took like five months. Lessons learned. Lessons learned. Hopefully we'll be able to use them for our adventure when I jump on the road next month. No, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I hope, I hope, I'm really, really hoping that an adventure pans out next year. I've been talking to my husband about the whole RV thing and it's even with the, with the minuses and the, you know, the breaks and the shitty things to me, it it just sounds so amazing. It sounds. Oh yeah. The pros far outweigh the cons. Like the cons suck, just like with everything. But what the experiences overall, and then how we've grown as a family, is worth every single moment. Yeah, and I mean, you've got to get be closer. I mean, besides being so close in proximity, <laughs> that's definitely got to bring you closer too. So I know you work on the road. Can you tell us a little bit about the type of work that you do? Yeah, totally. So I actually started my business when my son was just one month old. I had all intentions of going back to my job. And I loved my job, but I had my son. I had a really hard postpartum and I realized that I wanted to be home and create this business I had always kind of thought about in the back of my head. So I I spent a long time figuring out what the hell I was doing, failed a lot, figured it out and um, ran with that momentum. So it's been four years now and I am a personal branding consultant and a marketing strategist. And I work with female entrepreneurs to tap into their story and then use that to build their personal brand and market their business. So I work with women Typically in the service industry, consultants, coaches, mentors, course creators, uh, digital product creators, uh, and helping them create revenue generating businesses. That is so cool. I love that. So where can our listeners connect with you if they'd like to learn more about monetizing their story or maybe follow along on your RV living journey? Yeah. So brandmary.com, B-R-A-N-D-M-E-R-R-Y.com. That is my hub for my business. So you can get all of my freebies, resources, blog, everything there. And then my Instagram account, which is Michelle Knight Co. It's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-K-N-I-G-H-T-C-O. That's that's where I'm hanging out on Instagram and it's kind of like, it's just me, right? It's just an extension of me. So I'm talking about our travels, uh, being a mom, running a business, all of that stuff, my podcast, all that stuff. Those are the two main hubs. I'm going to be living vicariously through you, Michelle, until I can get oh, my life together and I can't an wait. <laughs> I'm going to just be following along on your adventures and I invite our listeners to do that as well. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Michelle. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, be honest. Who wants to jump in an RV now full-time? I do, I do. (laughs) If you'd like to learn more about Michelle Knight, Brand Mary, or everything RVing, check out the show notes. 
And if you haven't subscribed yet to Mom After Hours, what the heck are you waiting for, Mama? Come join the party and you will always know when the latest episode drops. Until next time. <laughs>